Welcome to the latest edition of the Progress with Unity podcast. We'll be giving a little bit of Sheffield Wednesday reaction and looking forward to Saturday's visit to the Priestfield Stadium where we will be playing Gillingham. Evening, fellas. Hiya. Looks like it's a threesome again tonight, Barry. That's right. Adam, Paul and Barry in the studio, the virtual studio. So let's crack straight on. We're going to Athletic 1. Sheffield Wednesday 2. To be honest with you, I thought it was quite an exciting game. It was a good game of football to watch. I I quite enjoyed my evening. Obviously, there's a few talking points around what went on. And uh, I think we'll start off with the own goal by Max Power. And before we uh, dive straight into it, just let me mention this, because not a lot of people seem to be aware. I've spoken to people today about this. When the free kick was taken, I heard Amos quite clearly shout... Maxi. In my opinion, what he was doing was shouting for Max Power to leave it. But Max Power thought he was shouting for him to knock it back to him. So that's my take on it. It was a poor goal to concede. It was a comedy goal. If he shouted Maxi to leave it, he needs to go back to goalkeeping school because it's pretty simple to say keepers. His shout should be keepers or away. If if that was the case, it's a goalkeeping error for me. Uh, he's confused Max Power with his shout, which is a shame because he was uh, one of our best players on the night. So that's new information to me and I've had to reconsider. I thought it was just a lack of concentration from Max Power. But with that shout, Mr Amos mistake. I think maybe that's what he said to him because I did see him go straight up to Max Power afterwards. Maybe he just said, sorry, Max, my fault. I've made an error. Please forgive me. It's one of them, isn't it? I, I think, <clears throat> you know, it's... Whatever happened, there's absolutely no point apportioning blame. Like Adam just said, they were, they, you know, they were friends immediately afterwards. You, you make sure you clarify your position for the next time, and you don't do it again. Does, it's not a blame game, is it? I mean, yeah. Richardson's uh, line was brilliant for me, where he said, "We do too much work in training to let mistakes like that affect us," and it didn't really affect us for me. I thought thought we were great after straight after the goal, weren't we? I thought they, uh, I mean, I'll give a, uh, Sheffield Wednesday a bit of credit. I, th- I think they came with a plan and they did a job on us. Hutchinson played in midfield rather than centre-back and virtually stood on Will Keane and stopped, stopped him from playing by whatever means he could. And that was all through the first half. And in the second half, when he, when he tired, he went off and they put two players on Keane. And obviously, it's affected Will Keane and he got substituted. And that left winger as well of those, that number three, Brown, weren't it? He was like lightning. And I think he causes a few problems. But they were nothing special. I still stand by what I, what I said about them. They're not a great team. But on the night, I think they probably just, for me, shaded it. But they're not a great team. And uh, I, I, don't, I don't worry too much about it. What's happened? I mean, we've lost two games out in Arn, haven't we? Like we said, you can absolutely, 100 points, boss the league, but you're dropping a number of points somewhere along the way, aren't you? How we react, Saturday is the key. I think there'll be a top six side, Sheffield Wednesday, but I don't think there's not really that much in this division, to be honest. And I think sides like Sheffield Wednesday and Sunderland, I think in a way we can steamroll some sides. The, the, the thing what I would say about Sheffield Wednesday, what I was impressed with is that Generally speaking, the shots were very clinical. You know, if, if they weren't scoring, they, they were making Ben Amos make fantastic saves. To be fair, you can't say he took second goal, he took it really, really well. Uh, I know you're going to get on to the build-up, Barry, in a minute, but you've got to say, fair play to the finish. What a finish that was. 
Yeah, well, the former Premier League striker in it, Callum Patterson, he, he was there with uh, with Cardiff City, and I think he's he's a good signing for him. I was surprised he's not been playing regular as well. So he was thrown in last night. Once he didn't play on Saturday, but he played last night. Uh, and like you say, he took it really well. What more? Probably should have just put it out the stadium when he was there. The ball had died, hasn't it? It had yeah. died that ball. Hindsight, that though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I think Jack Watmore had a bit of hindsight as well when he put his. He's head in his hands after the mm. ball at the back of the net. I saw a few comments on social media about comparing it to Martinez and tapping it about and rich football and what more should have done X, Y and Z. But it, I don't think it was a choice of tactics. It was a miscalculation for me in the sense that it wasn't like he was doing it to uh, set up an attack, was it? He was doing it to get a goal kick. So it wasn't, it was just a miscalculation. I don't think it's the way that we're playing. I think the way that we're playing helps us create those chances because we, you know, we pull the opposition apart. All the back four are very comfortable on the ball. He was trying to let the ball run out of play and uh, Gregory were having none of it. He swung his leg round into it and just swung his leg round and knocked it into the centre where Patterson comes storming in and he sort of hit it at full stretch as well, didn't he? Uh, it, was a, it was a good goal. It was a good goal from their point of view, not from ours. Yeah, yeah you know what I mean. Great finish, good ball into the box and... Like you said, they, you know, they created a few from wide and crosses, but, you know, I thought Ben Amos, it's probably the first time really, apart from that friendly match, uh, I think it was against Preston or Stoke, can't remember which one, but where he's really had to make outstanding saves this season. So it was an interesting game. I just thought interesting tactically. They seem to have quite a lot of chances, but we, we seem to have really all the play. The stats don't play that out, actually. They had 10 attempts of which three were big chances, and we had 12 attempts and created more chances than they did as well. Pretty evenish sort of game with us just sharing the chances. I have to give credit, again, giving credit where it's due. I, th- I thought Big Shade Uncle had a good game from at the back, more than Iofa, who uh, Kevin was singing his praises on Saturday. He didn't look the player that Kevin painted him to be, to me. And out of the two, I thought that Dunks was, was the better centre-back. To be fair though, Barry, I think on that base, you forgot that Watmore was the player that we painted to Kevin Iver, was it, last night? So. That was 2-0 at that stage. And then we, we cracked on again. We, 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 we cracked on after we went to goal down and we cracked on after we went two down. And Lange was driving away and he drove, drove into the area and he got pulled down. And we got the penalty. Charlie White stuck it away. And I, I noticed then... Because you, you you know they've conceded a lot of late goals, Sheffield Wednesday. I noticed how that bouncing away end suddenly just just seemed mm-hmm. to drop, and and then all their enthusiasm was sucked out of them. And you got that feeling that it was there for us to you know to to snatch a late draw. I, th- I think that sort of uh, change in momentum was Jordan Jones for me. I thought he I liked the way he ran at the players. Um, you know, he didn't just run outside, he ran inside as well. I thought he put a couple of good balls into the box, loads of energy. You know, in, in a way, what he did there was the way the team lifted themselves, which is good because it looks like we've got gears. If we need another gear, it looks like we have got it. It's just last night didn't pan out. You know, on another day, that looping header could have gone in at the end. And, you know, Peacock Farrell's made a couple of really good saves through the game. You know, I think I think Kevin said draw for a result overall, and you know I don't think we we deserve to lose it. 
Did we do enough to win it? Overall, maybe not. But if we if that had ended a draw, I think both sides would have been content. I think the easy thing to do there is to see the manner of the two Sheffield Wednesday goals and and maybe say we deserve a win. But the counterpoint to that is actually you've got to see that Ben Amos pulled off a couple of crackerjack yeah. saves, which perhaps should have gone in instead of the gifted goals. And, and suddenly you are a, a, a draw being a fair result. Yeah, yeah, it's a game of football though, isn't it? I mean, yeah. on another on another night, that game finishes 1-0 to us. You know, yeah. that's the way, way it goes. Absolutely. Uh, but like you said before, Barry, for me, you know, we've seen an enjoyable game, you know, and I think, I think that perspective at the moment, you know, we're still relatively recently back, aren't we, after the pandemic, not seeing any football, potentially losing the club. We didn't see a game like that last season on the TV, did we? In any way, shape or form, nothing like that. You know no. what I mean? It was a great, really good game. I, I enjoyed the intensity of it. It was just completely different, wasn't it, to that cup game the week before. You know, the, the energy levels, both sides going at it, a few little tasty challenges at times as well and, um, and, and, and lots of shots. You know, it's what football, we can't win every week. You know, and, and uh, I think Paul Cook said on a number of occasions, you don't appreciate the wins unless you lose the matches. I, I think that that last rousing 10 minutes is always good, isn't it? I mean, it's like I say, that's part and parcel of the atmosphere. And- what, one thing uh, that was quite notice- noticeable, there was no usual Wigan walk. Everybody seemed to stay till the end last night because that's the game was in balance and it was good to see. I know when the full-time whistle went and we stayed behind and applauded the players off when we got outside it was even you know usually by that stage it's it's filtered down a little bit so people did stay behind and there was enthralled with it um i'll mention the crowd at this point 11,884 uh with 3,500 away followers so again with her at that eight and a half thousand regular home support which adam's mentioned several times it seems to be our core the referee for the night, for me, was possibly the best referee we've had this year. We give him a lot of criticism week in, week out, but the referee was Sam Barrett, and I thought he was excellent last night. He let quite a bit go, let the game flow. There were some tasty challenges going in, uh, and at occasions, Sheffield Wednesday were giving the old theatrics, trying to slow the game down, and he didn't buy into any of it, and I thought he had a, a really good game. Yeah, fair play to him. I think the only thing I would mention is that, but this happens with all refs, I don't think there was enough time added on at the end and I don't think he dealt with the time-wasting as well as he could have done. But overall, yeah, I think he, he did a good job, a common-sense approach to a, what was a tasty game in a big crowd. It's almost like a derby, isn't it, when you've got a big crowd on like that, two sides who were going going at it. I thought he refed it sensibly. And, uh, yeah, the referees always get the odd decision wrong, but you don't mind it if they get the majority right. Man of the match, uh, after counting up all the votes today, and both on Twitter and on Facebook, it was a close-run thing, but Callum Lang is named man of, uh, the Progress with Unity Man of the Match for the game against Sheffield Wednesday, just beating Tom Naylor into second place. Right, Adam, turnstiles. Let me say, I was there before you two, and when I arrived, there was only two turnstiles open on the east stand at the south end of it. I think they opened another up and made it three open, uh, but the queues were horrendous. Well, from what I heard, the the third one, one of the machines broke down, so they were back to two. 
that was the story I heard from the guy that sits behind us when we got him. We just about got him for kickoff. Yeah, I missed. I missed the first five minutes or so. I think getting in there. Um, we, we, we hopefully will get opportunities at some point to feed feedback. You know, end of the day, there are still quite a few issues that need um, resolving, and I think feedback is great if it's constructive uh, because you know that turnstile situation has to improve. You know, we're not even a half full stadium there and there's a massive queue outside. Jordan Jones has been named in the Northern Ireland squad. He's the first one of our players to get called up for an international. It could affect the Lincoln City game, which is a week on Saturday, but we'd need another two people to be called up. I think it's quite certain that James McLean will be called into the Republic of Ireland squad. Tello Asgard, a Norwegian international, is injured, so it could leave us short of two wingers for that game against Lincoln. I, I know what you're saying, but I, I think at the moment I I would rather just get the games going because what you don't want is a fixture pile up. You know, we've got a squad, a squad's there for a reason. The stuff that we can do, I wouldn't be adverse to see because I think he's so versatile. Lang moving to the left. You've got Matty, you can come in on the right. I think we've got enough squad to uh, to manage it through. I think the only real chance may be Curtis Tilt, possibly, and Tendai Dariqua, but I don't know what the travel issues are at the moment. I don't know whether they they would be able to take up call-ups. Government seem to change the mind every day about things, so if we're relying on the government, there's, there's, there's not much point really speculating about those two. We'll find out soon enough. Let's move on to Saturday. We're going to the Priestfield Stadium, uh, a ground that we don't usually have much success at. It's a long trip. Uh, Gillingham are in 18th spot and we are in second. So going into the game, slight favourites, I should imagine. I think that means it's time for Ref Watch. The ref on Saturday will be Neil Hare, who is a 40-year-old Peterborough-based official. And he's in his fourth season as a league official. This is his first Latics game this season. He's refed eight games, issuing 22 yellows, no reds and given three penalties. His last game was Tuesday, Plymouth 1, Crew 1, where he issued six yellows, three to each side. And that's Neil Hare, the referee for Saturday. Thanks, Paul. So, Barry's already alluded to a negative in terms of the times we've played Gillingham. Uh, We've played them actually on 38 occasions, quite a lot. 15 wins, seven draws and 16 defeats. And we've not won at the Priestfield Stadium since April 2004, when Ellington, Roberts and Marne scored in a 3-0 victory uh, for the Latics. Just a couple of anecdotes from Priestfield. Of course, Roberto Martinez uh, made his debut there back in 1995 in another defeat. And also 1998, last game of the season, 0-0, doesn't say much, but it was actually the same day that Wigan Rugby lost at Wembley to the Sheffield Eagles and we we stopped Gillingham from getting into uh, the playoffs. In summary, we're due a win. Just some odds on the game uh, before we move on. Gillingham are 7-2, Latic 7-8 on and the draw is 11-4. Right, Adam, have we got uh, an opposition fan? Yes, we've always got an opposition fan on this podcast, and it's Mr. Matt Boozy from Jill's in the Blood. 
Hi, Baz. Uh, Matt from Jills and the Blood TV. First of all, thank you for inviting me onto the podcast to give uh, my thoughts on the Gillingham campaign so far. I think early part of that season, it, it was very stop-start. We were playing in fits and starts. And my biggest criticism of the boys was that, that we weren't putting together performances over 90 minutes. We were doing it for 45 minutes or an hour. Uh, but then we were switching off in periods and it was costing us points. And, and that's why we've drawn too many and not won enough. Um, in terms of our most recent fixture at Cambridge United on Tuesday night, that was by far our most complete performance of the season so far. From, from start to finish, every single one of those players that started the game knew their job and carried it out to perfection. Um, defensively, we were extremely solid. The back four was patched up. We've still got people missing. Um, we had essentially um, a backup right back in Robbie McKenzie because Ryan Jackson was the first choice at the start of the campaign, but he's missed a lot of football because of injury. McKenzie, though, was absolutely superb. Solid uh, and diligent in his defensive work, and he provided an outlet and kept trying to get on and, and push the uh, Cambridge defenders back towards their own goal. Got a couple of dangerous balls into the box and was involved in the opening goal. On the other side, David Chutonda, who came in from Bristol Rovers in the summer, has probably had a stop-start start to his Jules career. Missed a lot of the summer due to COVID, then got sent off at Wimbledon about third game in. Um, but he's put together probably two performances now back-to-back that have been very solid. That was the last 20 minutes when he came on at home to Charlton and was very good. And then over the 90 minutes at Cambridge on Tuesday, he was absolutely spot on. And all that was after being booked after 19 minutes. Incorrectly, we have to add as well, I think it was Danny Lloyd that actually made the foul and the referee got the wrong man um, because... Lloyd's foul actually pushed the uh, Cambridge player into David Tatonda. But um, in terms of results, we started off at Lincoln. First game of the season at home, and that was a decent point at face value against the side that got to the playoff final last season. Plymouth, again, comes back to putting performances together for 90 minutes and not. We was good for 45 minutes, didn't take our chances and got punished in the last couple of minutes. Wimbledon's probably been the only game where we've been really poor over the 90 minutes. We certainly got away with one there, picking up a point in the last minute of eight added on uh, via an own goal. So you take the point and run. Morecambe, we were decent on the whole, probably for 75% of that game. They had a little period after they'd equalised to get it back to one all, but based on the the territory and and who was doing the pushing, we certainly deserved to pick up three points. That's our only win at the Priestfield so far, that 2-1 victory. Uh, Shrewsbury, another prime example of of injuries costing us at the end and and playing for only half the game up until the 40th minute when we had Ryan Jackson on the pitch. We were absolutely superb. His pace was was giving us an outlet. We were pushing the Shrewsbury defenders back. We'd taken the lead through Jack Tucker and there only looked like one side that was going to win it coming in at half-time. But but second period, unfortunately, the legs went. We had too many that were out there that were injured um, and then all hell broke loose in injury time. We had a player sent off for a second yellow. Shrewsbury had a player sent off for a second yellow as well, actually. And then the homekeeper decided to assault our assistant manager, which was comical, I suppose, looking back now. But at the time, it was frustrating. It was another point or three that you thought had slipped by. Um, But there are signs in the last five where we've only lost once um, that we are getting back to the levels where we were second half of last season when we briefly flirted with the top six. We've only lost once in that time. That was at home to MK Dons when we had to play for 65 minutes with 10 men because Stuart O'Keefe got himself sent off for two yellow cards. And even in that game, uh, at 2-1 down at half-time, we came out second period and went 3-4-2. Tried to remain solid enough but but have a go and get support up to Big V. And yeah, for 20 minutes or so, we put them under the cosh. Could have had a penalty, um, had a couple of half-chances, but unfortunately legs 
told in the end and, and MK Don's extra man and they're far too good a side to be playing against with 10 men for that long and, and, and ultimately they beat us 4-1 and they fully deserved it before then there was a decent draw at Burton where we'd absolutely bossed them first period should have been 2 or 3-0 up got caught by a sucker punch just after half time then regained our composure but Jamie Cumming our keeper made a couple of good saves as well so you say the, the draw's a decent point on the road um, Charlton at home a game of two halves again just didn't start didn't get out of first gear first period then absolutely battered them second half hit the post at, at one all could have nicked it but you'd probably say draws fair again um, Oxford a place notoriously where we don't get anything we barely score a goal again we gave a team a head start which was frustrating we let in Matty Taylor for a soft one after five minutes but but we did well to react and, and gradually we worked our way back into the fixture and, and we scored a very good equaliser on the half hour through Alex McDonald with a 30 yard drive into the bottom corner we had a couple of chances after that could have gone in at a break in front I think Danny Lloyd forced the keeper into a couple of saves second period again though Cummings come to our rescue on a couple of occasions so you take the point and you move on and then another away game as recently as this Tuesday, which I've said about already, which was Cambridge United, a team that, that have come up from League Two, certainly looked like they've settled into life at this level and it was never going to be a pushover. But like I've already said, from first whistle to last, we were absolutely spot on. Defensively, we were really sound. Um, we had a different pairing in the middle of the park because Jack Tucker was suspended for five cautions. So Reese Bennett come in and played in his natural position and both him and Max Amar were absolutely spot on. Um, at the heart of our defence, particularly second half when the home side had a 15-minute spell where they put us under loads of pressure. They chucked their bodies in front of everything. They won their headers, they won their battles. And then Danny Lloyd, who's been really good the last three and deserved to have started uh, the last couple, um, actually had a joke with him on Instagram end of last week and said that he wasn't allowed to score the winner at Oxford because I wouldn't be there, but he could score the winner against Cambridge. And lo and behold... Uh, picked up a loose ball on the halfway line, drove and drove and drove into the box. Thought he was either going to square it or, or go far post. No, Danny Lloyd knew better. Arrowed an absolutely brilliant finish into the top corner at the near post. Keeper had absolutely no chance. And yeah, a really deserved three points. A, a proper Steve Evans Gillingham performance that we've become accustomed to since he took over in the summer of 2019. And fingers crossed now from there, we're getting people back off the treatment table and onto the training pitch and onto the football pitch. We can potentially kick on and, and it's going to be tough the next three games. We've got Wigan at home, uh, Wickham away and Sunderland at home. Three teams that I imagine are going to be up there and there or thereabouts come the season's end. Uh, but certainly approach the game with a lot more optimism. Um, in terms of key players, for Dane Oliver, our top scorer last season, Carl Dempsey, absolutely brilliant central midfielder at this level. Jamie Cummings getting better and better every week between the sticks. So we'll cause you problems if we can have enough of the ball. Um, but in terms of a score prediction, I think you'll probably pick up something as well. And I'm going to go for a score draw and I'm going to say Gillingham 1, Wigan Athletic 1. Well, that was very uh, that was an in-depth focus on what's happened this season. Um, I think... In summary, they haven't really had that consistent performance across a full 90 minutes apart from, which is bad luck for us in the most recent game, it looks like they're very inconsistent, not just not just over the season, but also within matches. So it might make it a little bit difficult for our predictions, which will be coming in, in a moment. But yeah, very knowledgeable fan, very good to, uh, very good to hear from him. Paul, have you got some predictions to start us off with? Yeah, I'll stick with the favourite two on Latex. I'm not too sure if we'll make any changes. I think one thing we've learned with them, they like William Richardson, he likes the stability of keeping the same team out there. So at the most, I can see one 
change, but I, I'm, I'm not even. I won't even say that was a guarantee. Uh, as far as prediction goes, uh, Matt said he fancied a one apiece. It's always difficult for us going down there. As I said, I'm still confident that we, we are a very good side, and I, I think we'll shake Tuesday night off and we'll get a two nil win. I would be happy with a draw, um, but. I actually think that we keep saying that something is going to happen. So I don't, I don't want to underestimate Gillingham, but I don't think the side they were last season. I think we can get at them if we score early. I can see it being a repeat of that famous day in two thousand and four, three 0 to Wigan Athletic. Hopefully, come Sunday we can do the Sunday edition, and we're all buzzing on the back of a. Another three points and maybe gone back to the top of the league and, and knock Sunderland off that perch where they are at the moment. With that in mind, it's a good night for me and up the ticks. Up the ticks.